Well, hello, Freedom Fighters, Patriots throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. Good to see you all tonight. This is a big show. Um, it, I, I can't even begin to explain how this is going to lay the foundation for some pretty significant changes uh, coming our way. And again, it's one of these things that's going to be in the hands of the people where it all needs to be. Um, tonight, I have the author, the original author of the declaration that I touched on a little more than a week ago. Um, and all of that has been worked out to the point where Brenton Froelich, my next guest, has created a Facebook page called The True North Declaration. I encourage you to um, go and like that page and become part of that group um, over there. And they've released the declaration for everybody to, to read and to consume and to share. And it's, it's incredibly important what this is going to lay the foundation for. So this is something that, of course, the Buffalo Party in Saskatchewan is going to be putting forward to uh, our membership at our AGM on April 1st and 2nd. And <clears throat> so is the case with the Alberta Independence Party uh, with Archer Pulowski and Bob Leon. They're going to be putting it forward at their AGM, which happens to be on the same days as, as ours, April 1st and 2nd, uh, in Alberta. So that's that's the first step. And of course, you know, we obviously we're going to be encouraging our members to vote in favor and to ratify this into policy so we can move, start moving this forward. And obviously, um, we're going to get into some of this discussion tonight with Brenton. But we're going to need some other provinces and some people to get involved uh, provincially across the country to make this work according to the amending formula. But uh, without any further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Brenton Froelich. Brenton is the author of the declaration that we're speaking of and that we're going to turn into policy with the Buffalo Party. So uh, welcome aboard, Brenton. Good to see hey, you. Thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably a long time coming. How long have you been at this now? It's been a while, I assume. Yeah. So it, uh, the, I guess the declaration really got birthed out of the aftermath of the freedom convoy. Um, I kind of touched on it in the video that I released today on Facebook and right. when, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have never been more proud as a Canadian watching uh that convoy roll across the country absolutely absolutely i get i get misty-eyed just thinking about it yeah me too and so you know the feeling of patriotism that millions of us felt and and beyond patriotism hope you know we actually were like hey maybe this is a real turning point for for people in canada um that at least look at the world from the way we look at it as people that love freedom and independence. Um, and uh, when the convoy got shut down by the federal government, I, I was, uh, I was angry, you know, 
if there was if there if there would have been a bar fight somewhere for me to participate <laughs> in it would have been a it would have been an amazing brawl oh, right but right. um but you know i i i i love to write and i went down to my basement and pulled my computer up and i just started to pour my heart out of uh you know just you know as someone that loves canada someone that loves freedom and and just kind of start to express myself through the lens of uh, history and through the lens of someone that believes <coughs> that all of us have naturally endowed and inalienable rights and what that has looked like in the context of Canada's history. And uh, so 100%. 13 months later, um, well, I guess in early February of this year, uh, maybe the middle of February, probably about a month ago, um, I had met Salim uh, Mansour at an event in Kelowna mm. and I briefly spoke with him and grabbed his email address because I was like, I need to talk to this guy at some point. And uh, because in his talk, he had a, it was obvious he had a real grasp of not just Canadian history, but world history right. and, the, and, a, yeah. and a real deep understanding of a lot of the ancillary issues. And so I reached out to, to Salim and he immediately responded back and, and said, we need to talk. And uh, so it was great. We went back and forth and he encouraged me and he said, uh, he said, Brent, it's too long. And it's like, yeah. and it was, it was three and a half thousand words at that point. So right. it was more like a chapter of a book. Sure. And uh, so I paired it back to just over 1000 words, which was a little bit too lean and, mm it didn't have the meat on the bone that I wanted to communicate. Sure. And so I bumped it back up to about 1300 and it's just been kind of spell check and punctuation after that. But when I started drafting it, I, I had no real idea what I would do with it. Mm. It was just uh, literally, you know, just a, just a simple guy pouring out his heart on a, well, on a perspective. I, and this know? is, this is what I love about it, Brenton, because when I read it the first time, I said to myself, yes, this is exactly, it's like you reached into my brain and, and pulled it out and put it on paper. Uh, uh, phenomenal what I, what I saw there, because this is something, and I'm sure this is something that you've actually thought of uh, well before the convoy, based on what I've read and, and what I, in this declaration, because mm -hmm. it's something I think that, that, you know, I've I've thought about this for for a very long time, and how we're going to address the problems of just confederation and and try to keep this country whole, and what we're going to have to do in order to make that happen, and and so um, I, as I say, I there, you must have been having this in your wheelhouse even before the convoy. Uh, yes and no. Um... I've always been interested in politics. I grew up in a very political household. My grandfather was a, a member of parliament for British Columbia, representing the Social Credit Party back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And if, in fact, my copy of the Canadian Constitution is, is his original copy that he was given as an MP. Um, and so I've always had a deep interest in politics and I like mm. to think about complex problems. And uh, Love to read, love to read a lot of old literature, uh, you know, a lot of the old stuff from Thomas Jefferson and guys like John Locke and Hooker and right. Rousseau and people from the Enlightenment period. And they have mm. a, you know, it's like Jefferson never, uh, he never arrived at the conclusions that he arrived at by himself. Right. 
we always build upon people before us, right? And uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of different ideas that have floated around in my mind for a long time, and uh, and it's kind of come together to uh, to what we have as uh, as this uh, True North Declaration, right? And so, um, when, as I said, when I first read it, it's like, yes, this is this is what we need. This is how we move forward. <clears throat> We've been exposed over the last three years to tyrannical governments, whether it's our federal government, whether it's our provincial governments. And it seems to me that this declaration, when I first read it, it's like, yes, this is it. This is what we have to do. We have to embrace this. We have to inspire people to get behind it. We have to motivate people to get involved mm-hmm. and, and take back our responsibility because a lot of where we're at is because of our inaction and our complacency as as a society. We've sort of taken our freedoms for granted. They were all handed to us uh, by people before us who who sacrificed everything for our freedom, yeah. and and so, you know, I'm I'm sure you share the same feeling that that your hope that this declaration inspires people to get involved and to and to help turn this thing around. And I mean my even my own personal experience this is 100% this declaration that you've put together. Um it it just speaks to everything that I as an individual <clears throat> as a freedom fighter in this country have gone through. And I'll share a little bit of that with you. So I I ended up with 11 tickets uh in Saskatchewan for gathering outside with more than 10 people. And, you know, like you and like many others in Canada, it's like, hey, wait a minute, I have a charter of rights and freedoms. But as we've as we've discovered through this process that governments uh, aren't bound by Section 1 where it says they have to justifiably um, <clears throat> or demonstrably justify uh, their actions and the limitations to our rights as, as written in the charter. So it's kind of their out, the, the, where the government is now shown, and Salim says this very well, uh, where the government is shown to be supreme and sovereign. And, and that's exactly what our Constitution has been about since 1867, when it was handed to us by the British system. Yeah. It gives Parliament that sovereignty and supremacy over the people. And we don't have a constitution that reflects the will of the people. And that's what we so desperately need in this country. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I agree with everything that you said. And kind of the, if if you break the declaration down into some main themes, the first one is that, and this is where, you know, we need to educate Canadians and they have to decide whether they're going to take the red pill or the blue pill, right? Like Neo in the Matrix. So we've been lied to for generations yeah. uh, the constitution on the very first page it just declares very clearly in uh, really nice it's a nice font actually but it says that the constitution was drafted to serve the interests of the british empire right and stop 100 and uh so we you know we grew up in a in a in a culture in a society where our rights were assumed um, but the declaration just lays out a really clear, rational argument that we've been lied to. Because in Canada, Parliament is supreme. It yeah. basically has the role of, uh, you know, what in 
you know, pre um, the glorious revolution in England, which ended the, the, the divine right of kings. Well, we have the divine right of parliament in Canada, and there is no such thing as a, a true right or a true freedom in Canada. We have privileges yes. that are granted at the political whim of parliament. And right. uh, as we saw during the, during the COVID crisis, that privileges can be granted to certain political groups at the expense of others. If you're not vaxxed, we're not going to grant you those privileges anymore. Right. You know, 100%. we're going to fire you from your job right. and so on and so forth. So, you know, Canadians, I think the biggest thing that I want people to come out of this declaration, the number one thing is the Canadian people have been lied to. Mm. People need to ponder, ponder that really carefully because, I mean, none of us like being taken for a fool, right? right. 100%. You know, if you invest in something and it goes sideways, no one really wants to talk about it. Um, well, and, and, and I think, a, a, you know, a major issue here that people have to come to terms with is, is again, this idea that Parliament, even as recent as 1982, issued us our rights. They gave us our rights, which means whenever they determine and whatever the whim is of government, they can come and take those rights away. Because they're not inalienable, they're not God-given as I as, as I see them, yeah. and I've always looked at my rights as as my rights, inalienable, God-given rights, yeah. and that's how I look at this, and that's why this declaration I think is just so incredibly important, and mm -hmm. and can really inspire people to get behind because it's 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 now and here where we can change. Uh, the whole landscape of our country and put the power back into the hands of the people where it belonged right from the beginning. Yeah. So we have, you're, you're correct, we have legal rights in Canada, which ultimately is just a privilege. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not a true right, something that, if someone can take something away from you, it's not yours. Exactly. Right. And uh, it's an interesting, you know, a little bit of a thought process for people, but if, if you take the example of the topic of human rights, and Canada is really great at, um, you know, uh, telling other countries in the world that they're violating human rights, right. and uh, which is a good thing, but what there's an argument that comes out of that is, okay, so what is a human right? Mm. And, um, you know, of course, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, it dates back to 1948. It's actually a pretty appalling document, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but if you take the idea of human rights and go, okay, well, you know, um, if, if there is such a thing as a human right, by definition, it has to be universal. And if it's universal, mm. it can't stem from any parliament right. or any uh, Republican government or from any king or any potentate, because, you know, the, the, the leader in Venezuela, he cannot um, endow humanity with human rights. Right. You know, Trudeau can't do that, and neither can Biden. And uh, George Washington couldn't do the same thing. So if you follow the bouncing ball and you come to the conclusion that there is human rights, which I believe most people do believe, 
by definition, they are inalienable. Yes. Because they weren't granted by a government, and therefore exactly. they can't be taken away. And so, right. you know, the the Canadians, we need to realize that we've been lied to. Mm-hmm. We need to realize that we have inalienable rights that Parliament did not grant them. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to call them God-given or natural or however you want to settle that in your own heart. Um, people, you know, everyone has a freedom to do that. But if so, you believe in that, then the the next step is, okay, then then what? Because uh, exactly. Parliament... Parliament doesn't agree with you. So you end up with this position of, uh, okay, so now now what do we do about that? Exactly, 100%. Um, so I, I'd like to at this time, and then we can, we can carry on the discussion a little further after we, but I'd like you to read the declaration for us. And, okay. and uh, I'm going to post it up in the, in the, in the, in the thing here and uh, remove myself. And I'm just going to let you go ahead and read and, and uh, we'll go from there. How's that now? Oh, that's better. There we go. So the True North Declaration. This is the unanimous declaration of the True North, Canada's freedom nation. Recent events in our nation's history have confirmed to citizens from coast to coast to coast that Canada is broken. Since Confederation, most Canadians believe that government respected our God-given rights and freedoms and that the tyranny which reigned in faraway places would never find its way to our shores. But if we're truthful in recollecting our history, over the past 30 years there have been many signs and many warnings. A little loss of freedom here, and a little less of liberty there, and all the while the true North being bullied and coddled into the cage of a totalitarian state in the making. The Freedom Convoy was the last canary in the coal mine. The thousands who joined in Ottawa asking our Prime Minister to lift mandates that abridged their rights and freedoms were no fringe minority. They were instead true patriots representing millions of Canadians who had been witnessing the true North strong and free being toppled like a statue and replaced with a pillar of tyranny and despotism. For generations, it was simply assumed that our rights and freedoms were protected in our constitution. But sadly, this assumption was mistaken since in fact, Canadians have been subject to a great charade. This charade masks the truth that government considers our natural rights and liberties not inalienable, but merely privileges granted by Parliament under the Crown that can be readily withdrawn at the whim of government. Indeed, our Bill of Rights from 1960 recognized many liberties, but could be amended or repealed by Parliament at any time, proving that the rights purportedly recognized in the bill were in fact privileges and not rights at all. This truth was confirmed when Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau invoked the War Measures Act in 1970 and suspended the rights and freedoms of Canadians. While our Bill of Rights had a brief pretense of liberty, 
It birthed the Charter of Rights and Freedoms entrenched in our Constitution Act of 1982 to safeguard our liberties from the whims of Parliament. The charade of Canadian liberty ended when the Freedom Convoy 2022 was bludgeoned by Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act. His use of violence to crush the Freedom Convoy proved yet again that Parliament is sovereign and that as with our Bill of Rights, the Charter is simply political slate of hand. While the Charter proclaims our rights and freedoms, Sections 1 and 33 guarantee the supremacy of Parliament to limit those freedoms as government determines, confirming that the Charter is about privileges and not about rights. And thus, the fundamental flaw of our Constitution lies exposed. Drafted by Great Britain to ensure Parliament's sovereignty over Canadians and to serve the interests of the British Empire, it contains no recognition to the inalienable rights of Canadians. Rather, a cursory look to the past proves that for generations, government has used the Constitution to abuse Canadians. The Indian Act, the internment of Ukrainians, Ukrainian Canadians during World War I, the internment of Japanese Canadians during World War II, forced sterilizations, the MK Ultra experiments, the crow's nest freight rates, the National Energy Program, ideologically driven gun control, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's campaign to destroy the natural resource economies of Western Canada. Recent examples of continued abuses by government against the people of Canada include closing our economies, prohibiting us from tending to loved ones who were sick or dying, suspending the order of parliament, segregating us with vaccine mandates and passports, restricting our travel within Canada, coercing us into taking experimental vaccines against our will, firing and fining us for refusing to comply with COVID mandates, refusing to acknowledge adverse vaccine effects and injury, censoring free speech regarding vaccines, COVID treatments and policy, punishment of healthcare professionals for voicing concern regarding vaccine side effects and treatment options, invoking the Emergencies Act to crush a legal protest with violence, taking political prisoners such as Pastor Archer Pulowski, Tamara Leach and Pat King, freezing bank accounts of Canadians because they supported Freedom Convoy 2022, stripping our rights to freely own and use arms, censoring free speech, the internet traffic, and criminalizing communication, making lawful medically assisted suicide rather than support people in need, undermining our national sovereignty by supporting illegal immigration and the globalist agendas of the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and the World Health Organization tacitly supporting the efforts and ambitions of the Communist Party of China, creating massive debt, high inflation, and high interest rates, destroying our natural resource and agricultural economies, imposing massive carbon taxes, pursuing total control over our lives, including what we drive, what we eat, what jobs we have, 
and how we adapt in their imagined future green economy. Imposition of a digital currency and digital ID to exert complete control over the social, economic, and political lives of Canadians. It is abundantly clear that our Constitution does not recognize our inalienable rights. What instead Canadians suffer is the tyranny of Parliament that has the, su the supremacy to suspend those rights, to appoint judges biased in support of Parliament's discretion over charter rights and freedoms, and enable federal usurpation of provincial jurisdictions, continue to repress First Nations under the Indian Act, and impose all Canadians to the lies, deceptions, and corruptions of politicians and their supporting caste bureaucrats. As such, we Canadians vow to exercise our natural duty and moral obligation to choose the path taken by millions of patriots before us who stood for freedom in the face of tyranny. From Bodacia fighting to free her people from Roman rule over Britannia in 60 AD, the rebel barons who forced King John of England to sign the, to sign the Magna Carta at Runnymede in 1215, our honored soldiers storming Juno Beach, Normandy in June 1944, the small protests against the violation of our rights with mask and vaccine mandates that began in our streets in 2020 to the Freedom Convoy 2022 that sought redress in our nation's capital. Therefore, whereas all people are created equally with naturally endowed inalienable rights and liberties, and whereas the natural authority for the creation and legitimate operation of civil government are derived from the people. And whereas we believe that the fundamental objective of government is to preserve and enlarge the freedom of Canadians through the vigorous defense and protection of our naturally endowed rights. And whereas we believe that provinces and territories must have distinct and independent constitutions guaranteeing their greatest sovereignty within a confederation and whereas we desire a constitution that will unite all Canadians in a commonwealth of freedom, equality, and purpose that reserves sovereignty to the Canadian people, where all levels of government are constrained by established limits, clearly defined separation of powers, and separate representation for the people and regions of the nation. This is my favorite part. Mine too. This is where we get to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm in. Right. Therefore, we, we declare, we are the true North, Canada's freedom nation. And we will not surrender Canada to the political elites and their post-nationalist agenda. We believe all people are created equally in the image of God with inalienable rights and liberties, including the right to life, liberty, and personal property. We believe in the power of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. We will not surrender our God-given rights to any government and would rather die as free people standing bravely in the face of tyranny than live as serfs beholden to a dictator such as Justin Trudeau. We will hold the line 
and not comply with any law, order, regulation, mandate, or directive from government that infringes on our inalienable rights and liberties. We will freely exercise our inalienable rights and freedoms, including the right to free speech, the right to self-defense, the right to privacy, the right to practice our faith, the right to freely associate, and the right to personal property. We possess the right of self-determination. And from this strength, we will organize a Congress of Canadians from coast to coast to coast to frame a new constitution for the nation under which sovereign provinces can unite in a federation that will guarantee the rights and liberties of the true North strong and free to prosper and to endure with the grace and blessings of God. Thank you. Mm. So, uh, thank you um, <laughs> for that. That uh, I'll tell you, the first time that I read it was sitting around a table for breakfast, and I got choked up. And I get choked up now. Because it is that powerful. And it, it does, it, it gives us a foundation to work with. And I think it's going to give the people a whole ton of hope. I hope so. And, and so, uh, you know, thank you for, for, for drawing this document up and, and, and sharing it with political entities such as the Buffalo Party that okay. has completely embraced this. And, and we're going to put it forward at our AGM. And obviously, our hope is, and, and we think it will pass unanimously, um, that we can take this forward and, and that the Alberta Independence Party can, mm -hmm. can help us take it forward and, and inspire other provinces to, to do just that, to grab this and, and take it and put the power back in the hands of the people where it belongs. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, one of the... You know, we talked about the lie. We talked about the supremacy of parliament. And we talked about, you know, the fact that all Canadians have inalienable rights and liberties. And, uh, you know, when people understand that, um, you know, parliament should bend a knee to the people. <laughs> um, it shouldn't be the other way around. And, and for, um, you know, if we're, if, if, if we if we're willing to accept living in a country where our constitution dictates um, whether you have rights or not, um, that's not a kind of country I want to live in. And so, 100%. you know, we need change. I think one of the one of the compelling one of the compelling things that uh, conclusions that I've come to in this process is that, and this is where you're very involved with the Bubble Party, is that. Provinces in this country need to be sovereign within a federation, and and they're not. Absolutely, um, every province carries water for the federal government. Yes, and the federal government is in every drawer of the dresser yep. of a province's bedroom, and uh, it ought not to be so. And uh, I believe that you know the strength of the strategy behind this idea of you know taking an axe to the 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 current constitution that we have and and giving canadians a 
um, an opportunity to to participate in in drafting a new constitution for the country and and provincially enabling political parties in the provinces that like the Buffalo Party that mm. you know will will begin drafting a constitution that's you know not going to be in line with the BNA Act. Right. That's and that's what we have to do. We have to do something. We have to color outside the lines. Mm. We have to pursue a vision um, that is that is uh, uh, completely opposed to uh, the current parliamentary system. Yeah. Um, in order to make something different that the people can actually grasp and go, you know what, this is what we want. Because yeah. Parliament's never going to change. Um, I don't know what you think, but I I, I don't think that uh, doesn't really matter what political party is in power in Ottawa, um, no one is going to want to change the status quo mm. because there's too many, too many people have a vested interest. In well, it, and it puts too much power into the hands of the politicians and they love that power. The establishment yeah. loves that power over the people. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that this sort of language will scare the hell out of them because they'll be afraid. And that's where the opposition's going to come to mm. this. Yeah. So it's going to come from the establishment and and they're going to rail against it because they don't want to lose the power over the people. And, mm. and, and, and that's why this is so important. And this is going to expose so much more of our rotten, corrupt system. Yeah. It's just it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we're just encouraging people to read the document, talk about it with your friends, share it. Um, it's uh yeah, it's it's a uh, hopefully it's thought provoking. So, Breton, tell yeah. tell people uh, people are asking in the chat where they can get a hold of this document, where they can they can find it. Well, it's uh, it's on the uh, um, it's available to to sh copy and share off of a Facebook page called uh, True the True North Declaration. Um, it's on Facebook, and mm -hmm. it was posted this morning on there. And feel free to share that. Um, we're getting set up to sell printed, large printed copies of the declaration to help bootstrap our project. We've mm. we've already actually taken pre-orders for a whole pile of them. Very and good. Uh, so this, next this is this is historic. This is historic. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's never been it's never been done in this country. No, I mean, and can you? I mean, it's kind of crazy thinking that we're you know we're sitting here having a conversation about hey. You know it's they broken are. so let's uh let's um let's, let's take some action new, to fix it yeah let's draft, let's draft a new constitution that that makes the people of canada sovereign yes and and truly recognizes our inalienable rights wow that's a really kind of a radical idea and of course everyone's right. you know it's a big i know it's a big endeavor and it's 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 actually i was thinking this morning about uh you know you know john f kennedy's favorite fa famous speech when he announced that America was going to, you know, put a man on the moon. Kind of right. unheard of. Right. Um, a technological wonder of the day. Mm. Um, but it started with a decision. With an idea. Uh, yeah, good, bad, or indifferent. They decided, hey, we're going to put a man on the moon, and we're gonna, and by the way, we're going to beat the Russians there too. Right. Um, and so, you know, can't be done by Brent. It can't be done by Brent and Mark. No. Um, this is going to take the entire freedom movement of the country to come together and, uh, and, and create a, to create a process out of a discussion of how to, how to move this agenda forward. 
um, because it is about the people. You, you opened with that, and 100%. it's still true. Hundred uh, percent. I'm. Uh, and this is again. I think this is something, Brenton, that's going to inspire people. I think this this flows right from the last three years that we've all been going through where people are looking for something to involve themselves with, looking for something to change what we just went through for the last three years, up to and including the convoy. And the timing of this is 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 perfect. And it's sort of natural and organic flow from that. And, and you know, the, the fact that there's political parties, and of course I'm associated with one that is embracing this yeah. and, and wants to move this forward, you know, I, I think it's a process. I think, you know, none of this is going to happen overnight, no. but it's, it is a process. And I think one of the first things, as Salim mentions, that we're going to have to, to do is, is just even changing the preamble to include those seven words, a constitution <laughs> derived by the will of the people. That's just so incredibly important for that document to say. And then, you know, move to repealing section one and section 33 that yeah. gives that supremacy to, to parliament and to governments. Um, we're on the right path. We're on the path. To, I to think really uh, there's this. a couple things that I, I mean, I would encourage your readers to just, you know, if they can, take a look at the Canadian constitution. No one's ever going to read it except people like you and me and Salim, but mm. it's a terrifyingly large document. Right. And you have to commend the British because, um, you know, they were masters of the the use of the English language and writing words. Um, it's interesting, by contrast, the American Constitution is a very, very, very small document. Right. Um, and uh, it's and I, and I would encourage your readers to to have a look at the U.S. Constitution. It's uh, it's not perfect by no. any way, you know, no. and we see the result of that today. But what's interesting about the U.S. Constitution is that um, in its imperfections, um, there's no doubt that, you know, they managed to create the the most successful free nation on Earth. And yes. they have some problems now that they're dealing with. But yep. um, it's a very enlightening read to actually read the U.S. Constitution hmm. and uh, and just and absorb it. It's a lot of the issues that they have is because they made it very, very simple. And, yeah. I, and if they would have, you know, maybe expanded on some things and added a bit more detail, they wouldn't have some of the, some of the partisan fights that they're having in the United States right now over, you know, things like free speech or. Well, so one of the things that or, Americans, Americans tell me when we're talking about this is they say, make sure you, <laughs> make sure you include term limits, uh, you know, cause that's, that's a, that's a thing that they're dealing with. Yeah. And, and so there are some things and you say it's it's not perfect, but it is it is definitely a model. <clears throat> I think it's the best model that's worked yeah. globally. Absolutely. And I, and I think, um, you know, there's a skeleton there that's worth looking at in terms of s some of the things of how they separated um, various branches of government. I don't think that they went far enough, especially mm. for a complex society like we have now with finance. Right. and things like that but yeah. um I, i'm excited to have to be part of this national discussion about inalienable rights and yes and how to create a path forward that engages the canadian public in a in a process that you know like you said it's going to really kind of scare the pants off politicians because the last thing anyone in ottawa wants is a bunch of a uh, bunch of you know, crazy, uneducated people from Western Canada starting to frame a constitution because right. uh, what do we know, right? 
that mm-hmm. actually reflects the will of the people. Well, it's just, it's just, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it should be a people's thing. And yeah, hundred you know, percent. Absolutely. About that. Yeah. So, um, I think myself and Salim are going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow evening. You're welcome to join us um, if we uh, if we go ahead and do that. Sure. But it's 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 definitely this this is a this is all going to be a process, and part of that process is going to be educating people. Um, and this spans left and right, people that are committed left or right or whatever. Yes, it spans yes. Across all all of those that, that dichotomy. Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> To, to just interrupt, because you, bring, you yeah. bring up something that is, I think, probably the most incredibly important piece of modern discourse. Excuse me. The left and right thing has driven me crazy for a long time. And one of the, one of the um, problems that I think about is how to bridge that gap. Right. Because, you know, so much of it is out of selfish interest. And... Mm. Um, some of it is, you know, from ideological divides and, and some of that may be irreconcilable. I, I'm not sure. I think it depends on the person and their experience. But right. um, one of the things that I, I, I hope is true, I hope that across all political spectrums that Canadians can understand a couple of things. Number one, that in Canada... It's just a fact we do not have inalienable rights that are recognized. Well, and that's it's, huge. It's a nonpartisan thing. It's just, yes. it should be that, you know, that's just a fact. Um, history bears that out. Whether you supported the Freedom Convoy or not, that, that's irrelevant. Right. And the other piece that, and this is the foundation, uh, you know, John Locke referred to it as the beginning and end of civil government. Mm-hmm. and I referred to that in, in the declarative portion of the declaration, is that there should be no partisan divide on, on, on the understanding and believing and holding to be completely true that all people are created equal and they are endowed with inalienable rights. We can, we can have a discussion on what those rights consist of, Yes. Everyone's going to have a different perspective. And, you know, even regionally, people in Quebec might have a different perspective on what that looks like as to people in Alberta and Saskatchewan. But the idea that we have inalienable rights and that those should not be infringed upon, that should be nonpartisan and cut straight across party lines. A hundred percent. And if absolutely. we can if we can make that case and if we can do it in a compelling way that resonates with Canadians that is the, going to be the key to successfully moving forward the vision and the mission of drafting a new constitution. So since I read this, Brenton, um, <coughs> of course, me and Salim have had a, numerous conversations. I've had conversations with other people. And, and the overriding thing in this is, there's, is we're going to get some opposition. And it's going to be very interesting to see who exposes themselves as opposed to this? Because those are the people that don't want the people to have the power that they should have always had. Mm-hmm. And this is why, again, when we when we talk about inalienable rights, who doesn't want inalienable rights? Like who doesn't who doesn't want those rights to be supreme over government? <laughs> the king, I, 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 <laughs> parliament. 
Right. Yeah. Exactly. Blue That's power. it. The, yeah. the, but the people, regardless of political bent, uh, they they want inalienable rights. You know, I I hope that's true. Mark. I mean, I, uh, I'm sure there's some that that you, you know, know it would be love the warm embrace of government. But well, you know, it's a you, you bring up a good point, and it would be interesting to see what you know. I'd love to have this discussion with Jagmeet Singh. <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, I, I I'd love to have another. I can't discussion. wait. I can't I'd love wait. To have another discussion with Justin. I I actually had a long conversation with Justin Trudeau in in the parliamentary library a number of years ago. Uh, before he was prime minister mm. and uh, I was there, I was in Ottawa on business and um, I had some time to kill. So I love books. I love libraries. So I'm wandering around in the parliamentary library and, mm. and uh, oh, here's, I see Justin Trudeau. So I went up and him and started chatting. And, uh, we chatted for about, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes. And uh, unfortunately I walked away from that conversation far more unintelligent than I was. When I started it. <laughs> of course you did. And oh. uh, in fact, I, I called my wife um, back home and our kids were quite small at the time. And, and uh, I said, honey, I said, you're not going to believe who I just ran into. And she said, who? I said, well, he's going to be the, he's going to be a future prime minister. We, we know that. And he said, I said, I'm terrified because I just talked to the guy and, mm. and he's not that bright. No. And, uh, you know, and, and it was really sad to, you know, to see, because we talked about a lot of issues on, you know, national security and the economy and mm. big issues of the day. And it was like, he just didn't really, he wasn't engaged in any of it. It was just like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And, and right. I thought, man, we're in for a rough ride with you, man. And, uh, but you know, like, but seriously, I would love to have a conversation with him again and say, Hey, so where are you on inalienable rights? What's your stand on mm. that? Issue? Mm. What do you, do you think that? Well, uh, I think we know where he is. on that. People deserve that or, you know, mm. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of do, but you know, I would hope that, you know, Jagmeet Singh, you know, he's supposed to be representing a political party that had its roots in Saskatchewan and mm. it's about, uh, hardworking people. Mm. Um, I kind of, I kind of doubt he would agree with us, but I, th I think that the common person would be far more open to it. I, 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 I and this yeah. is the thing I, I, I can't, I can't see common people, um not not being on board with this and this is why i think it's so powerful and it's something brenton that i think you know we talk about unity i i think this is something that can unify people this is something that can bring people together with common purpose and 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 i like how the declaration mentions you know the globalists and and the post-nationalists um mm -hmm. because it's important because that's obviously the enemy of our time and and so w w this just all moves in the in exactly the right direction it needs to move in, and uh, I can't wait to to start you know, yeah, pushing this forward. Well, you know, if we stick to what's true, yep, um, and we uh, and we remember to love our neighbor, you know, we all make mistakes. You and I both know that. <laughs> but uh, there's you know, as long as we're willing to love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we. We forgive yes. and, and we move on and, and we, we keep working together. Um, and if we can keep our message um, on the things that bring us together, which are our inalienable rights and freedoms. I think, uh, I think that 100% that crossing and uh, crossing those partisan divides might be easier than we think they are. So again, this process is going to include provincial parties uh, embracing this and adopting this as policy 
like we're going to do with the Buffalo Party at our AGM and the Alberta Independence Party is going to do as well. Um, so, uh, and, and a question that I was, that somebody asked me to ask you tonight is, so are you willing, once the parties like the Buffalo Party adopt this declaration, are you willing then to allow these particular parties to change the name of, of the declaration so it it's more in line with what the party sees as a vision? I, and again, that's just a question and I don't want to put you on the spot, but. Well, I think it's a fair question. I think. I think the the vision of the declaration is to, and I think it would be confusing to Canadians if there was, you know, I, I kind of let 10 different versions of the thing float around. I think that, mm -hmm. I think that the important thing of the declaration is that it clearly recognizes and supports maximum provincial sovereignty yeah. within a federation as yeah. an idea. And, and I think that that, that is the key piece that I believe is of the greatest importance in here politically for, for provincial parties. Mm. Um, and then I think that, you know, I, I, whatever policy you want to put wrap around it, yeah. you know, I think that that's going to be different for Alberta than it would be for Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, you know, taking the ideas and, and the concepts that are in the declaration and, and moving those forward in your own, way i think is a natural that's mm. a natural discourse just like you know i mean right. yeah. uh, i think that some people might read the declaration that i've written and go hey i i can see john locke in there or i can see some mm. bit of thomas jefferson in there or whatever but, Absolutely. Uh, so it's not about um I, th I think that if political parties like the buffalo party want to adopt it as as you know something that they support i th i think that that's fantastic because mm. Um, I personally completely support um, provincial maximum provincial sovereignty. You know, I mean, I, you know, when I was younger, I, I still have a, I still have a hat that says Republic of Western Canada. That's how, that's mm. my age, right? Mm. Back from the eighties. I, and, I, I, and I was used, like that too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I used to, I struggled for a long time seeing a way out of this that, mm. that didn't include uh, separation. Um, and now I've, I've come to the conclusion that maybe there is a way to do this without separation, but, well, and I, I think, um, just to echo that, I think, um, you know, I felt like that when I was a teenager growing up in the eighties, I was very much prepared for separation. I was, I was there, I was on that bus, yeah. uh, until the reform party came about and then it was like, okay, all right, well, wait a minute. This, <laughs> this sounds like we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And then, of course, they broke my heart when they merged with the Red Tories. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, in this day and age of of globalism, uh, I, I'm 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 a little bit hesitant to push for separation because I don't want to see us um, as a small entity on the world stage mm -hmm. being taken advantage of like we're seeing with the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And and so I think we're much stronger to as a nation in in confederation, but obviously with some with some major changes and and amendments mm -hmm. to our constitution that again put the power back in the hands of the people and i think that's that's what this does and and so this is the first step toward you know uniting this country yeah and and i think the buffalo party and the independence party are on the right path for alberta i mean i'm not saying that they should or should not 
separate. I'm, I'm not going to get into that conversation, but yeah. I think that pursuing like what province would not want to have absolute maximum autonomy and sovereignty exactly. from the federal government? Like, come 100%. on, like, exactly. really? I mean, Ontario might be the only one because, mm. you know, they're the geopolitical center of the universe with Ottawa, right? Right. right. But, you know, I mean, and I know there's have provinces and have not. I can tell stuff, you, but... there's there's a lot of favor for this in Quebec. There's a, there's well, a lot you know, of I, it. I'm, I'm interested to, to see what kind of a reaction there is from Quebec. And yeah. and and also, and I don't want to leave this out of the conversation. I mean, I, I talk about it in a couple of places. Um, this needs to be a, a process, and it's going to be interesting to see what transpires. But, you know... I want uh, I want the First Nations of Canada to be fully 100%. embracing this opportunity yes. to rewrite history. Yes. Right? I mean, this is this ever, is a huge ever, opportunity for them as well. If ever there was a time to, yes. you know, you know yes. what, this is our, our this is our chance to be heard. Yes, and this is our chance to make things right and stand as equals. Get rid of the Indian Act. Uh, you yeah, know, property. Just just even the issue of property. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just appalling. so many things. It's yeah. appalling, you know, and we could yeah. talk about it for hours. And, we could. And a lot of it's heartbreaking, but it's dehumanizing. Yep. And, um, you know, and the fact yep. that, I mean, and let's just call a spade a spade. What we have in Canada is still apartheid yes. uh, when it comes to the uh, First Nations people of the country. 100%. Um, in, in many, many, many ways. And it's, it's, uh, it's a long time to be gone. So... It's going to be it's going to be interesting to have those conversations um, and see who sees this as an opportunity. And you know, everyone's going to have their angle, right? I mean, it's a political world, and and rightly so, um, you know, because that's the engagement of human discourse. Yep. But uh, I hope you're right that there's going to be interest from Quebec because I that could be already. that could be uh, huge. That could be a very very huge thing. Yes. Can you imagine a day when Quebec and and Alberta are actually partying together politically right. um, and, and happy to see one another right. in political discourse. I mean, could mm. you imagine that day? Well, and, and uh, you know, the, the people, I think, in large part, as we see all with the convoy and we saw with other Canada Day events where we did come together and the, the people have no problem. It's the politicians that divide us, right? They're exactly. the ones that create that divide because as divided, we're easily conquered. And so... Yeah. This is the recipe for unity. This is the recipe uh, for putting the power back in the hands of the people. And I just, I just love it. So. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very humbled to have the opportunity to, to share it. And you mm. know, I, uh, I had um, a month ago, I didn't have any really, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a clear idea of, of where this was going to go. Yeah. And uh, I'm very humbled that it's been receiving the, yeah the gratitude and the response that it has. Um, 100%. And, uh, it's, uh, I carry it's that. Time. With, it's time. Uh, and, and, and timing is everything. And and it is time. And you've come to the table with this. Um, and, you know, we've embraced it because we love the language. And it's something that, that we needed for a very, very long time. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. So thanks again, Brenton. And anytime you want to come on and, and talk about it, uh, just let me know. Send me a text, and we'll we'll bring you on. And we'll, well thank you. We're, uh, we are going to be. Uh, you know, we didn't talk. It's kind of funny. You didn't ask me what my plans are. Yeah. And I was gonna, and I was going to tell you. I actually didn't want to talk about them because I didn't want to burn gunpowder. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we um, 
we we do have a an overarching kind of a, a direction and stuff but, yeah you know there's an old military axiom that uh basically says that you know once you have contact with the enemy your plan goes out the window right and uh so we're we're waiting to see what happens we're gathering some experienced people to put in our war room and on our board yeah. um and uh and we're going to see where that takes us we are going to we're going to put some efforts into helping educate Canadians on their rights. Mm. And we think that that's the first step. What's the story that you've been in? What are your rights? What's the role of parliament really in Canada? I think, you know, I think that a lot of Canadians, yeah. and I'll close with this um, challenge to people out there is that, you know, we've been exposed to the truth. Um, whether you didn't like the freedom convoy or not, um, mm. is irrelevant, but yep. I think most Canadians at some point in the back of their head are going to, you know what, not real comfortable with some of the things that have happened in the last three years. hundred percent. And, uh, you know, people need to make that decision like Neo did. Mm. Are you going to take the blue pill and go back to the way you were and just live life and everything's going to be fine? Mm. Or are you going to take the red pill and embrace reality right. and, uh, and, and, and participate in change. And uh, so that's a, that's a challenge for every Canadian to answer on their own. Absolutely. And, and this is one of the things, and this is why I say timing is so important with this, because coming out of the last three years, what that has exposed people to uh, has been very enlightening for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and they recognize that obviously Parliament and the provinces, as of now, uh, are supreme and sovereign, and it's not yeah. the people. The people have these don't have inalienable rights, and yeah. that's and that's where we need to go. That's the direction we have to go naturally and organically, and this is going to flow very nicely from that. So the funny thing is, is that you know, throughout history, these exact conversations have happened around all sorts of campfires. They sure and, have, uh, you know, <laughs> and in and in the the rooms of old old castles in Europe, you know, like. How are yes. we going to, what are we going to do with this King yes. John fella? Cause we have rights. He doesn't recognize them, but, um, but you know, if you look at the history of, you know, how running me actually took place, it, it was mm. a process where they had to, they had to wield political power mm. in order to get what they wanted. And, and we have to do the exact same thing. So I, I like to refer this really as seven, our 1776 without firing a shot. Wow. Well, someone said the pen is mightier than the sword. Right. hundred percent. Yeah, so. And we can, this is, this is the beauty of this is we can do this without firing a shot. We if can do gets, this. You know, if this gets remembered like that, I'm, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm just almost come to tears if, for I hear you. saying something like that. But I, uh, you know, I, I don't want this to be about me. Um, mm. I'm just an ordinary guy. And, uh, but well, you, like, you put together a, a heck of a document, my friend. A, and, like you, I have a heart of passion for this country. Yes. And uh, and it's going to be people like you and like me, ordinary Canadians, yes. that have a heart it and passion for the country that changes the nation. It's 100%. never going to be, you know, as much as I like Pierre Polyev or like a different politician or Maxine Bernier, mm. the the... The BNA Act and our Constitution Act of 1982 make it impossible for them to deliver the freedom that we want and need. Exactly. 
hundred percent. So, so yeah, it's up to us. It's up to it the is up to us. People. It is up to the people, and yeah. the, the people can actually do this and succeed. I and, think so. And we'll get there. Well, thank you very much. much. Yeah, thank, thank you very much, my friend. I anytime you want to come on, just let me know. Send me a text. We'll bring you up, and we'll all right. We'll, we'll have another chat. We'll have all an right. offline discussion too. All Thanks, right. buddy. Sounds good, man. Yeah, have you bet. Day. Take care. God bless. You too. So, Brenton Froelich, the architect or the author of this declaration, um, and I'm not kidding when I tell you this. When I first read it, uh, I choked up, and I, it was in my hotel room. And then I went for breakfast with a bunch of people. And we talked about all of this first. <clears throat> and then I asked if it would be okay if I could read it. And I got about halfway into it. Um, and I got choked up. And the people around me at the table for breakfast got choked up. Because it's powerful. Because it's, it's, it's what we've always should have had. And the power should always reside in the people. And, and through this freedom movement that I've been given my blood, sweat, and tears to for five years, uh, always talks about putting the power back into the hands of the people. And it's not even back into their hands because we've never had it. It's putting it into their hands for the first time. Just imagine after 150 plus years to, to take on something that's going to put the power in the hands of the people where it belongs. That's huge. That's, uh, that's enormous. And so <laughs> this is making history. This is history in the making today. And it starts today. And you guys are all part of this. And, uh, what a time to be alive. What an opportunity we have at our feet for the people to get involved, to take action, to do this, to support political parties that want to put the power into the hands of the people and have a constitution that reflects the will of the people. Uh, it, it, to me, it's just, it's just, it's such a, a, a an enlightening moment. Uh, in my life, because I've always been a bit of a rebel. I've always been that guy that defends freedom. Even when I was in school, uh, in high school, when they they said the girls could wear miniskirts, but the guys couldn't wear shorts. And I just, I still went to school in my shorts because to hell with you um, and got kicked out. <laughs> and because my mom was a teacher, of course, you know, she was on their side. Um, but I've always been like that. I've always been a rebel. I've always defended people's freedoms and gotten myself in shit over it. Um, but this is like, this is just such a, a moment in my life that I can be part of this transformation and, and moving and putting the power back into the hands of the people. Giving them the opportunity to do that is is enormous. And I... Uh, huge kudos to Brenton Froelich for, for creating this and to Salim Mansour for taking part in, <laughs> in that process. Um, and me and Salim have been on this for a while. We've been talking about this. And, and uh, you know, we've, we found a way. So here we go. This is it. <laughs> 
Yes, uh, definitely watch the replay. You guys, do me a favor. Share this out. Um, and if you want to check out the declaration uh, itself, it's on the True North Declaration on Facebook. Um, go there and check it out. Uh, it'll probably, at some point, <coughs> once it's adopted by the Buffalo Party as policy, it'll be up on, on the Buffalo Party website, um, Independence Party of Alberta website. Um, and, uh, of course, I, I may see if I can put it on, on the Forum for Canadian Sovereignty website as well. And so, uh, you know, here it is. This is the starting point. Let's make some history. Let's change the world. All right. I love each and every one of you folks. And uh, that's going to be a wrap for tonight. Thanks to everybody on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, DLive, and TikTok. Um, we got this. We, we really do. We got an enormous opportunity, uh, and we got to run with it. Let's make it happen. All right. Ciao, folks. We'll see you next time. Me and Salim will be on tomorrow night. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more. All right. Ciao for now. And remember, globalism bad, nationalism good. All right. Ciao.